Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We create an ensemble of excellence excellence with synergy. I'm having trouble getting my words together today, but this is um, 369. We're pushing up the numbers in eight years, and uh, we're, we've never had a topic like this from a local business person. My friend and local business person, colleague, and former board member on the symphony and a supporter of Center Vision Leadership Foundation's programs, um, it listens to our podcast. And so I said to him at Rotary one day, well, why don't you come on as a guest? Because you understand what philanthropy is. So Carl Miller from Carl Miller Realty, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Hugh, thank you so much for the opportunity today. And I don't know if I'm an expert on this, these things, but uh, I'm honored to be on your podcast today, Hugh. Well, um, if we're doing it, we're way ahead of everybody else because it's very misunderstood. So let's start uh, this with pe- telling people a little bit. You've been doing this realty thing and, and you've got this attitude of philanthropy giving. Mm. But talk a little bit about yourself and your background. We talked a little bit before going live. So yeah, who is Carl? What do you do? And why, why do you show up supporting local charities? Great. Yeah. So I grew up on a dairy farm, Hugh. I grew up, I'm the oldest of five kids. I grew up on a Campbell County, Virginia dairy farm. So ever since I was a a young boy, learned learned the value of hard work and responsibility and and doing what you say you're going to do. And and I was blessed with with parents who also believed in giving and they gave up their time. They volunteered extensively in the community and in, in the church we went to. But I think one of the gifts they gave me as a young man was the principle of tithing. And from an early age, even, I remember even when I was just a, a young kid, like earning $2 a week, you know, my, my dad and mom were always like, make sure you take 10%, 20, put 20%, 20 cents in the offering plate on Sunday. So I was uh, kind of engraved and just kind of grew up in a culture of giving. And as I got into my teen years and young adult life, when times are hard and you don't have much money, it was a principle that I just continued to put into my life of just to give. And I, I never got to the point where I felt like you go without. Like it's almost like if you, no matter what, sh- no matter in your life, if you give, there's going to be a return on that. It's hard to quantify sometimes, but it's a principle that I, I continue to live as a business leader and in, in, in my home budget as well. Carl is one of our realtors and um, he's got a really good reputation now. Carl, I first met you. You had this little realty company. Uh, you know, I usually show people's website later on, but I'm going to share this because David doesn't know you. But this is a pretty substantial team. I don't know if all realtors have this big a team, but this that's a killer team. And, you know, you ask somebody to send me a picture and bio stuff, boom. I had it in my, yeah, I had it right away. So not only there's a bunch of them, but they, and I've been there for your open house and your celebration. Yeah. And you know, they just, they're loving people, and in our motto is the, the the pace of the team is the pace of the leader. The attitude of the team is the reflection of the leader. So um, talk about um, what does philanthropy mean to you, and why is it important? Mm-hmm. Well, 
I, I go back to, well, first of all, shout out to my staff. They make me look good every day. I tell every client that these, these, uh, these people in my life, they make me look good every day. So I'm, I'm just very, very honored to have incredible staff. So you're right, Lexi, who got you that document right away. She's our marketing director. Uh, she's actually a student, uh, a part-time student and um, a full-time student, I should say, a part-time uh, marketing director for us. But back to your question, I go back to the, to the words of, of Jesus who said, to whom much is given, much is required. And, and I feel like as business leaders, as business owners, we have just a really unique opportunity to, as we are in the marketplace, much has been given to us. And whether it's for us having a multi-person staff, a multi-person agency, able to make an impact in our community with advising clients and making confident housing decisions, you know, we, we, we have this unique ability and opportunity to have much compared to most of the world, right? And so, again, it just kind of goes back to that philosophy of if you have much has been given, like, why wouldn't you turn around and be generous with, with what you've been given? And again, it's just a philosophy that I have. And here's the thing. The benefit is it continues to just deepen relationships in the community. It makes an impact on people. And I think it's just a really, really unique opportunity to be able to give hope to people who otherwise wouldn't have hope. And that, that's what I love about being in the community. Not only are we serving people and meeting the needs for housing, you know, for people that are wanting to become homeowners or are, are homeowners today and have a need, we're, we're meeting those emotional needs, but we also have the opportunity then to just contribute to other organizations and, and folks in the community that are dedicated to providing hope to people who otherwise would be hopeless. David, what you want to add to that? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, he's, he's got the heart uh, of a philanthropist and you know that word is often misunderstood it's really means the love for the love of, of humankind and mm. it sounds like you know you instill that embody that in yourself and you instill that in your in your team and that's uh commendable and i really i really mean that it's uh as hugh mentioned you know a team will adapt to and adopt the philosophy and the um, belief system as well as the operational style of its leader. And also uh, so many times we see a leader that is not living up to good leadership, but is being, you know, disgruntled, upset, um, authoritative, all of those negative adjectives that leaders uh, can adopt. And that's why there's so much turnover in business and that sort of thing. Um, as a philanthropist myself, I see the value in giving time, talent, and treasure. And it mm -hmm. sounds like you uh, grew up that way and you continue to live that way. And I applaud that. Thank you. Well, no, and I appreciate what you said, because the reality is, is we all have been given, right? We all have talents, gifts, and abilities. And, and even personality, right? That's a gift. Like we, we do have different personalities. Some of us are pragmatic. Some of us are aesthetic. You know, some of us move really fast and have high capacity. Others of us move a little slower and are very analytical and making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And the beautiful thing about this world is there's a place for every single one of those personalities. So taking the time, the talents, gifts, and abilities that you have and utilizing them to the best that we can be. Like I, I want to be able to use up everything that I've got in my life. And I don't want to, I don't want to die 
leaving some of that potential intact. And I think it's just really, really a great thing that we've been given this gift of life and the gift to learn and to grow and to get better. Like, that's what's great. I mean, Hugh, you inspire me. I mean, you're, you're, you got a few decades on me and you're out there every day getting better at what you do. You're getting better at your craft. You're getting better at your influence. You're getting better with your leadership skills. And, and, and that, that's inspirational to me because at the end of the day, we, we can certainly continue just to take those talents, gifts and abilities and utilize them and get better and better at them. Well, thank you. Um, I enjoy doing what I do. I don't work. I just, you know, I do what I love. And <laughs> I can say that about you. You're an inspiration. So you, let's let's talk about um, our audience is nonprofit leaders, clergy, and put and some board members. And so mm -hmm. there's a misunderstanding of engagement with board members. Now, you and I first got acquainted when, in Rotary. And then um, you and I got acquainted again when I conducted the Lynchburg Symphony. And then it asked me to be president of the board and ask you to stay on another year just to kind of help me get some footing. And we, we did some really good work. But in both places, um, because you've stepped up as a supporter, now I'm going to use supporter instead of donor because supporter is more comprehensive um, in, in multi-ways. But talk about how leaders can inspire board members to mm. step up and be more broad level supporters is there any advice you have for leaders to engage with people like you who are who have potential but maybe nobody asks them mm. yeah i am amazed sometimes how many how few people actually understand the opportunities that are available on some of the local boards i mean it seems like every single nonprofit or you know, what do you call it? Do you not for profit? Is that is that right? I'm going from memory here. Well, you know, we, we like to call it a for purpose business. It's for purpose business. Let's yeah. go with that. Let's go with that. So for purpose business, I'm, I'm amazed how many business owners and business leaders are unaware of the needs for for staffing and for influence and just for uh, participation on those local boards. And, and I can just speak from my own personal experience. The Okay, so so if you think about giving of your treasure, right? Well, one of the things that we I love the Jim Rohn quote, which says, "Time is more valuable than money." You know, you can always get more time, you can never get more. I'm mean, so you can always get more money, you can never get more time. So Jim Rohn says, "Time is more valuable than money," and and so sometimes people say, "Well, I, I don't have anything to give." Well, you do. You have time, and you have your talents, you have your relationships, and you have your skill set. I mean, every single person who's in leadership has skill sets that a board on a nonprofit would appreciate. And so the value that that brought for me, Hugh, was probably just the, first of all, a, a little bit more awareness of the needs and community. So we work on an arts board together. And by the way, uh, the Symphony is just an incredible organization in our in our local town that where we both live in Lynchburg, Virginia. But a vibrant arts community adds so much value to, to a larger geographical area. So for me, I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of that. I was asked to come onto the board by the former president. And I was like, I, I don't know anything about music in the symphony. I, I, you don't want me on that stage singing or playing an instrument. Like, what can I bring? And, and she was very, very insistent. And, and I didn't understand how much value um, a guy like me could bring just because of the influence and the connections and the relationships that I have. And so I go back to all of that to say that when you give of your time, if you 
are a business owner and you generate whatever the number is per year annual, just take that number, divide it by 2000 hours, and that's the value of your time per hour, right? And so you can almost think about yourself as if you're contributing 20 hours a year or 30 hours a year or 40 hours a year to a board, times that by your hourly worth or by your hourly you know, net worth, and you can, you can calculate that as the contribution as well for yourself if you're thinking about it just from a number standpoint. But the value that it brought to me, Hugh, was just deepening, deepening and, and creating new connections and new relationships in our community. And that's the un, intangible stuff. And so, you know, just transparently, you know, just by serving on that symphony board for four years, I can't even tell you how many referrals that generated for my business. And I didn't go into the board to do that. I wasn't trying to get business off the board, but just by giving people in the community noticed that and it just creates a snowball effect for your business and exposure for yourself and for your company and for your team and your leadership. David, that's a reciprocity, you know, and you and I have talked about this before people that approach it for the opposite reason. I want to get leads or I want to get money actually repel that. So David, <laughs> what are you thinking there? Well, you're, you're again, dead on right on. And uh, when we look at giving, if you will, your, your, your point of, everybody's got time, everybody's got talent of some kind, mm -hmm. and everybody has some level of treasure. And they're not one is better than the other. In my estimation, and I think you will agree with me, that time is every bit as valuable as a financial donation because you're giving not only from your skill set, but your heart. And that makes an impact on society just by witnessing that sense of selflessness and giving. And obviously you uh, are very, very good at giving from the heart, whether it be time, talent, or treasure. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's admirable. How do you feel about those people in the community that are, let's just call them checkbook philanthropists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They'd rather give a check than their time or their talent. And some people look at that as saying, oh my goodness, isn't that terrific? And other people look at it and say, well, gosh, you know, why is he so stingy with his time? How do you mm. feel about the balance of the three T's? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And here's what I'll share is that you know, I can't speak for anyone else because there are times when, quite frankly, I just don't have the capacity to give any more time and it's easier just to, to write a check. But I'll tell you, the real value has been when I give up my time. I feel like I've had some really enriched life experiences as a result of giving time. And I'll just add one more thing, too. And again, when you think about time, you think about the talents, gifts, and abilities that you have. And this is not to take away from anything, but I'll just say this. If you're skilled as a business leader in a specific area, then donate that area of expertise. And, and so as opposed to, and again, going to the street and cleaning the street nothing wrong with that that's noble that's good that's a good thing to do but if there is a need from a from a nonprofit who has a need and you're a cpa and they need somebody to help audit their books or just to look at their things from a from a skill set your your time can be much more valuable to an organization if you're utilizing that skill set that you have so it's something that uh, another um another business leader challenged me on and saying, Carl, you should be very, very int intentional 
about using your skill sets, the talents, gifts, and abilities that you have to generate value for the, for the um, local organizations that you're working with, because that's going to be more valuable to them than just being a, a person stuffing a, a bag, for example, that, that anybody can do, like, you know, that, that a middle schooler could do. And again, I'm not taking away from that. Giving is giving, but, but can, you leverage, can you leverage your skill set, your talents, and, and leverage, therefore, the organization that you're serving? So I think that's another thing that leaders need to be aware of. You have talents, gifts, abilities, connections. How can you best utilize that resource? Yeah, good point. What would you say to nonprofit leaders who are apprehensive? You know, well, and, and David is right, you know, and you're right, Jim Rohn's right, the time is more valuable. Mm-hmm. However, it does not, it's not a substitute for financial giving. Yeah. We need time, talent, and money. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, and none of us said that, but I just, for people listening, I want to make sure they're, they're sure. Clear we're not saying that. Um, and, you know, board members, if we if they're going to network and tell other people about donating, if they're not donors, they can't be credible in that networking. Right. So it makes sense. And, you know, when you put a few dollars in, it feels good mm-hmm. and you've got credibility if you're willing to support it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to leaders that are apprehensive about asking people like you mm-hmm. um, to step up and make a financial contribution? Because they're really skittish about that, which is really yeah. strange. Well, I, I, I go back to your message and, and just for, just like for us, Hugh, I mean, we're, yeah, we're a for-profit business, but the reality is I, I don't really have any business asking for business or asking for somebody to switch loyalties to a relationship that they might have in the real estate space if I'm not willing to be a giver as well. So just the philosophy we have in our company is you give and you give and then you ask and then you open your hands up to receive because if you're giving and giving and giving like to the community or to the business, like if you're a nonprofit and you're giving and giving and giving, you are in position to ask. And so I would just say as a, as a nonprofit, you want to be able to showcase your value that you're providing to the community, or at least your vision to provide value. Maybe the, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but guys, this is what we're working towards. This is what we're doing. Will you come alongside and help make this a reality? So I would just say you, you have to ask, first of all, but, but ask after you show your value, either the value you've already provided or the value that you will be providing. And I think you have to tell the story. I mean, people, people attach themselves to stories. When you even, I mean, this goes back to the times of the Bible. Look at Jesus Christ, the greatest leader of all time. He was always telling stories. He was always using parables and telling stories. And I think that as, as a, if, you're, you know, if you're in a nonprofit right now, tell the story, showcase it, and then ask. It's, there's no shame in asking because, again, you're coming from a philosophy of giving, giving, ask. But if you don't ask, here's the thing. You could be the best person in the world, the best, or the best business in the world, or the best organization in the world. But if you're not selling it, you're, you're, first of all, you're going to go out of business. But secondly, you're not giving the community an opportunity to also participate in the good that you want to do. So you have to ask. So you have to give. In my opinion, you give and then you ask and then don't be afraid to receive it, right? Keep your hands open. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's being a grateful receiver, which completes that whole cycle. It does. And we were talking a little bit off air. You know, and I think sometimes sometimes businesses or individuals, you know, dollars come in 
And it's like, I'm going to hold on to these dollars. If you think just a vision, a, a fist, a, a hand, I'm just going to hold on to this. Well, the reality is if you're trying to hold on to what you have and you don't have an open hand, you're, you're also not allowing anything new to come in, but you have to, you have to kind of hold life. You have to hold your finances with an open hand. If you have an open hand, money can come in, money can go back out. But if you're trying to clench it in, you're preventing new blessings from coming into those into your hands as well. So we, we try to have an open hand philosophy. And, and I would just encourage anyone who's you know considering giving or if you're the, the person doing the asking, go into it with a spirit of generosity, sell your story, sell what you're doing. But if you don't ask, you're, you're not doing yourself or your organization or your community any good. Between the three of us, we, we support a whole lot of nonprofits in a lot of places. Now, uh, David and I, uh, David's been a longtime philanthropist for several, including Center Vision uh, Leadership Foundation, mm -hmm. and he's the, board, he's the board chair. So, um, you know, I didn't have any trouble asking him to be on the board. So I'm going to come back to the the ask, but there's, um, there's a um, business part of this, David, that, you know, having a business people on your board, even like he pointed out, they don't know anything about what you do. So you have some questions around the business model of this, or you have something else brewing? Well, the business part of it is, in my own opinion, what we find uh, in general is that the executive directors or leadership of a, of a nonprofit are definitely got their, their head in the right place, their heart in the right place, but they oftentimes don't make the connection between what they're doing and the fact that it is a business mm. and uh, that they have to use up all the money because the, otherwise they'll pay taxes on it or whatever. Well, they don't understand the fact that they, they are a business and they have to have profits and they have to put some money away. And mm. uh, one of the guests that we had earlier this year, I think it was around the beginning of the year said that, uh, or maybe it was early summer that what they try to do is pay next year's expenses this year, mm -hmm. meaning they, they set enough money aside from their operations so that should something not work out that following year that they have that expense covered. And so that they can continue to perform their mission in great uh, success without the worry of, insolvency if you will and that's mm -hmm. that's a business mentality that mm -hmm. is oftentimes falls short in the smaller nonprofits um and, and the larger nonprofits have different challenges that they face but it's a for purpose business and it's a business yeah um, and that word charity doesn't really do the justice that they need to to be mindful of so what I would ask you then is, where do you think um, nonprofits should be spending their focus on not only providing building capacity and sustainability, but what about that retained earnings mm. part of the thing? And where do you, do you have any recommendations on that? Yeah, and I think every organization has different, like you, you already alluded to, different size organizations have different needs or different challenges, if you will. I, I think the, the more that I'm around, the more I'm in business, the more I interact with other business leaders and also with different organizations that are seeking donations. At the end of the day, it really comes down to relationships, right? And I feel like 
if, if you can create common ground and, and I think sometimes it's good to get to, to get to know the person that you're trying to to ask from what are their interests like take an interest in them I love the I love the old Zig Ziglar quote that you know if you if you you can get anything in life you want if you help enough other people get in life what they want and I feel like sometimes organizations are a little bit tone deaf to what a business leader might have said or maybe didn't say I feel like you have to just kind of go in and listen really really listen and if you can find common interests or find a common background that might create a bit of an emotional tie like if you're a, a nonprofit you know person and you're you're seeking donations or you're seeking time if you can create an emotional connection with somebody you're much more likely to get uh, their time and or money and I feel like it is important to network and and to get out there and and sometimes I'll give you an example. I was at a business networking event just recently, and, and there was this gentleman. He had, he had good intentions. This is the first time he'd ever gone to a networking event, and he was just going around passing out his business cards, and he was a business owner that there was probably 10 of his competitors in that room. A lot of them have relationships, so they spend a lot of time with other business owners. Well, this, this guy was just running around passing up his business card without any context or relationship, and it was a five-second conversation. He was on to the next. And, and he's not going to get business that way. Had he stopped and had a, you know, a 10 minute conversation is really getting to know somebody that would open up the door. So I think you have to be aware of the situation and also aware of, of what the, the person that you're trying to get, receive from building a relationship. And I, I don't know if that answers your question, David, but I do think it's relationship building. I can't emphasize that enough, especially the higher up you go. It, 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 the more zeros that are behind a check that's being written, the more important the relationship really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes time to build those relationships. It does. And so if, like that young person or, or mm -hmm. that person you just spoke of handing right. out business cards, uh, kind of like tells me that he's running a going out of business sale. He just hasn't figured out what the, the termination date is. He, he was there to receive without any interest at all of giving. And, and again, you know, God bless him. He'll figure it out or he will go out of business. But, but I do think that, uh, again, it's, it's all about relationships. It's all about connections. It's all about finding ways to add value to people. Sure. So, and again, telling the story too. I mean, in my world, which is real estate, you know, I tell, I, I teach my agents and my staff this. We, we aren't necessarily selling houses. We, we do, but we're, we're selling homes. And the reality is even the National Association of Realtors can't figure this out. When somebody moves, they decide to move. There is always, almost always, an, a very another big emotional event going on in that person's life. There's a marriage, there's a baby coming, there's, maybe there's a divorce going on. Maybe mom is not doing well four states away and the family needs to relocate to that state to take care of mom, or there's a new job, or we do not like the school district we're in, therefore we're gonna move across town to get into the school district that we feel is gonna be the best fit for our kids. My point is that there's always another major emotional event going on in their life. And we, I, as, as that person's agent, I need to be very sensitive to that and meet the emotional needs that are outside of a transaction. And that's not too different from what we're doing in a nonprofit world, we're meeting needs in the community, but the reality is you have to sometimes look deeper than what somebody tells you on the surface, because what might be happening is it's a little bit of a smoke screen or it's maybe just a, a way to see if you really do care about them. 
and you can take the relationship further by asking the next question. It seems like we just started this interview and here we are at the time. So Carl Miller, you've given us some really helpful insights. Now, um, you have the Carl Miller Show locally. What's the Carl, Carl Miller Show? Yeah, we do. We have a local, hyper-local radio show that talks about real estate. And, and, and you know, our, our target market is homeowners and future homeowners of, of greater Lynchburg. And so we, we kind of specialize. We're, we're local. I mean, I don't do national work, but I my work is kind of in Lynchburg and three touching counties of Virginia, South Central Virginia. But just like relationships are important in nonprofits, I do have relationships with some of the top agents in every major U.S. city. So if, and I get this all the time, somebody's moving to Dallas or moving to Colorado Springs or Ann Arbor, Michigan, guess what? I can connect those clients with some of the best real estate agents in those, in those markets. So even though my show is kind of focused on homeowners and future homeowners of South Central Virginia, we can help anybody pretty much anywhere in the U.S. with a referral. And full disclosure, I can collect a small referral fee if I refer an agent off to another part of the country. But uh, I, I started this show because I really wanted to, I was tired of the broad brush stroke of reporting and news when it came, comes to real estate markets. And I really wanted to showcase the fact that all real estate is local, what's going on locally, what's going on nationally, how do those compare? And again, just educating our clients so they can make confident housing decisions. That's really what we're about is so people can make informed and confident decisions. And we do strive to be caring, confident, trusted, trusted advisors, just like our logo says. And um, that was um, carlmillerrealty.com is where you find Carl. And you can find the faces of his friendly staff. Right They're amazing. Page. Yes. And, you know, um, giving attribution to the staff is really important, which you did right off. So, you know, um, listen to Carl and learn how to talk to people about being an active, effective, participating philanthropist in your mm. board. Carl Miller, um, David, what do you think? Was this this was a good interview, eh? Uh, you know what? I think we need to uh, kind of elect him to our team somehow. Yes, At sir. least a, a, a part-time ex, ex, uh, presenter for us. So he's phenomenal. phenomenal. Good, good information and uh, the right heart, the right the right uh, message. Uh, it's it's been great. It, it's really been an enjoyable share with you. David, thank you. Thank you for your great questions. Thank you for the value you bring to the world as well. Well, thank you. Carl Miller for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.